Welcome back, everyone, to the Keys Weekly Sports Wrap with Coach McDonald, the only place to get your Florida Keys prep sports news and history. You can find this podcast every Thursday at keysweekly.com. Please share it and like. You can find me on Facebook at Florida Keys and Key West High School Sports History. Welcome back, everybody. Again, we're post-Thanksgiving, pre-Christmas here at the podcast and the Keys Weekly. The Keys Weekly newspaper has been coming out with their all-keys teams. We've had the volleyball issue come out with the best high school volleyball players in the Keys. The all-keys football team came out two weeks ago. Those all can be found online at keysweekly.com. Congratulations to all the members of the teams and uh, be on the lookout for the Keys Weekly because there's some more teams coming out. Uh, Last week, coming off of Thanksgiving, the sports got back into the swing of things. Um, The big news so far for me uh, would be Marathon Girls Soccer. Head coach Tracy McDonald leading her team to a 4-1 record to start the season. They've had four wins, including Monday. They were down 1-0 with seven minutes in the first half home against slam and they were able to get three goals before the half and get another one to finish that game at four to one that's the big story so far in the keys uh basketball's in full swing girls soccer boys soccer girls basketball boys basketball weightlifting wrestling is all going right now and um last week the results are marathon girls soccer won at Archimedean, five to one. Boys soccer lost Archimedean on the 29th, five to two. Marathon boys basketball was at Somerset South Homestead last week. They lost a close one, 51 33. Girls basketball for Key West was at Pace. They lost 44 to 20. Coral Shores, with coach uh, who's going to be on our podcast today, was able to beat Redland Christian 62-26. Key West girls basketball was at Mater Lakes. They lost. Key West boys basketball was at Miami Christian, and they lost 60-44. Key West girls soccer lost a 1-0 at St. Brendan. Coral Shores boys soccer was able to win at pace 5-1. Coral Shores girls soccer was at pace. They won an 8-0. Marathon Boys Basketball lost a close one on the 1st of December, 35-32 at the Marathon Gym. Coral Shores Boys Basketball was at LaSalle. They lost 87-49. Key West Girls Basketball at Westminster. They lost 48-42. Coral Shores Girls Basketball was at LaSalle. They lost 34-24. Girls Soccer at Florida Christian for Coral Shores was able to win 1-0. Girls Basketball Golf Gulf Coast came down and they came down as one of the top teams in 7A and they did what a lot of other teams did. They took a trip to Key West and then they played Marathon uh, on the way back and they were able to get two wins against Key West High School and Marathon uh, in the process. Boys Basketball Key West was at Nova Southeastern University School. They lost 88-38. Uh, girls soccer for Marathon was able to beat Pace 8-0. Boys soccer was also able to beat Pace 6-2. Girls basketball for Marathon was able to beat Florida Christian on uh, Monday. And girls basketball Marathon lost to that Gulf Coast team 48-26. Boys basketball at Key West lost 65-30. So, you know, this is a podcast about the Florida Keys. Today's Thursday when the podcast comes out, and I want to let all you guys know that we have a big, big, big rivalry game coming tomorrow at Marathon. Marathon versus Key West High School in basketball, and that lately that has always been a really good game. Going back to the first time that the two teams played was uh, the 92 season. Tony Bryant was on that team. Key West ended up winning the first uh, the first time the two teams got together and played. And there's always been battles through the years. I could remember a lot of great games between Marathon and Key West. And who could forget the one time Key West and Marathon played at the Miami Heat Arena a couple years ago, right before a Miami Heat game. And we had a great crowd there. The Key West came to the game. Marathon came to the game. And what a great time that was and what a big win that was for Kevin Freeman and Marathon High School. So that game's coming up on Friday. That's the really big news this week is that rivalry game coming. And speaking of basketball, you know, we're going to have a new 
person come on the podcast who hasn't been on the podcast yet. So I'm really excited about it. And he's a great coach. He is from Boston, then, then North Carolina, then Miami. He made his way down here and we're a better place for it. And it's Coral Shores head basketball coach, Jared Mondozzi, Jared Mandozzi. So everyone, everyone, let's welcome him to the podcast and he's going to sort of give us a breakdown of what's going on at Coral Shores High School. Hello, everybody. I have uh, new to the podcast, first time coming on the Coral Shores head basketball coach, an assistant coach for the girls basketball team. He was also an assistant coach for volleyball this past season. Coach Jared Mendozi, how are you today, sir? I'm doing terrific. Sean, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm really enjoying this time to get to know all the different sports characters here in Monroe County and and having these conversations. And I'm really happy to have somebody from Coral Shores come on the show today. And Coach, uh, I've noticed you for the past couple years coaching boys basketball and you you bring an old school i dare i say like a northeast flair i haven't seen basketball coaches showing up in full suits in a long time tell me about yourself how did you end up down here (laughs) good 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 question sean and uh good good observation um so uh i i sort of uh just by where I've grown up, um, sort of probably the perfect storm, I think, to fall in love with the sport of basketball. I was born outside of Boston, um, and uh, my my younger ages, um, of course, were the uh, early 80s Celtics when uh, they were outstanding with uh, Bird and McHale and Parrish and Ainge and DJ and that core. Um, and then ultimately moved down to North Carolina when I was uh, in middle school. And so that brought me down into the tobacco uh, road world of basketball with Jimmy Valvano and Coach K and Dean Smith and some of the great Georgia Tech teams and Wake Forest teams and uh, some of the teams that uh, Coach Freeman and Marathon uh, at Marathon and I have in common, uh, appreciating and enjoying, and so uh, spent my middle school years and high school years down down in the Carolinas, and ultimately went back uh, went back up to the Northeast and went to school at Providence College in Rhode Island and uh, lived there for. A bunch of years ran a large AAU program up there. Coached uh, uh, coached uh, boys and girls AAU up there. Was was fortunate enough to have a couple of teams that uh, competed for uh, national titles at that level. Um, I've joked at times that I'm sort of the biggest loser there. Where we've we've won state titles, we've run, won regional titles, and. Uh, been uh national runner-ups uh twice uh at at the uh high level of aau basketball um and then spent a little time coaching at a division three school in boston at emmanuel college um and uh had some exciting times there um and ultimately uh my my wife who was my fiance at the time had a uh a great opportunity uh with her with her work to either uh transfer to milan italy or uh miami and open a financial services division um at the time um and so she said to me hey you're gonna think this is crazy but um what would you think about moving you know as we're as we're getting ready to start our lives together and uh I said, I love to fish and I love good weather and uh, I love New England, but uh, the weather is not, uh, is not ideal. So we, we headed south and um, started in the Miami area. We lived in Aventura. Um, I stopped coaching, of course, uh, when, when we did that and uh, went, went into the professional world. And ultimately, we, we bought a house in Isla Mirada about uh, – 16 years ago and uh we would come down every weekend and long story long my my company had 
uh, a scenario where, uh, I was, I was traveling five days a week and on the road and it was, it was pretty crazy. Uh, we sold that company and, and I did reasonably well with that and, uh, had, a, a, a an opportunity over that summer. We always talked about maybe moving down one day. And I said to my wife, I said, why, why the heck don't we do it now? Because once, uh, um, if, if I stay, stay with the company, I'm traveling a bunch anyway, and I can drive to the airport from down here. Um, and once, once I, once I left the company, I knew I had a, a pretty aggressive two-year non-compete agreement that was going to put me on the sideline from, uh, the, uh, healthcare technology industry, which is, which is what I do for my, uh, day job. And so, um, we decided two weeks before school started and, uh, we, made the plunge and I enrolled my daughters at, uh, we enrolled our daughters at the time at Island Christian school and, uh, headed South, um, like seven, seven years ago now and, uh, have loved it ever since. So a couple things, first of all, going back to one of the first things you said, growing up in Boston until your middle school years and being a fan of the Celtics, were you able, were you ever able to experience the Boston Celtics at the garden when you were young during that time? I was, I did have the pleasure of going to some games with, uh, with my grandfather, um, who was, uh, a huge, uh, a, a huge role model in my life. Um, he was actually, uh, uh, my grandfather owned some restaurants and, uh, Dave Cowens, uh, of course, uh, uh, an outstanding Celtic, um, was a frequent patron of, uh, the Wellesley Inn, which was one of my grandfather's, uh, places. And, uh, so, uh, Dave became, uh, reasonably close with the family uh he would uh hang out at times at the italian american club which was across the street from my um from my grandparents home where where i was uh born in that town and uh, spent lived when i was when i was younger um i don't believe dave cowens was italian but uh he did seem to enjoy hanging out at the italian american club and i would uh, sneak over there and uh, mess around with the pool tables and, uh, and, and some of that stuff and hang out with some of the older guys and watch games and listen to stories. And, uh, occasionally would get to, uh, would get to spend time with, uh, Cowens and, uh, he was nice enough to give, give us tickets on a handful of occasions. So, let me ask you this. You know, one of the questions that I have is is talking just about basketball in general and getting your opinion. That like 1985, 1986 Celtics team and that front court with Bird, Parrish, and McHale. I mean, has there ever really been a better front court before or after that? Those three players. So, uh, Sean, this uh, this may not surprise you, and uh, I know Kevin Freeman, he who's become a, a good a good friend, um, which is one of the, you know, one of the cool things about coaching is, you know, you do get to, um, you know, develop some great relationships with some of the other coaches. I know, I know Kevin's a Lakers fan and whatnot, yes. so he may not, uh, he may not agree with this, but I'd, I'd go a step further. And, uh, you know, my opinion is still that that 86 Celtics team, when they traded for Bill Walton, mm-hmm. um, is, is still the best basketball team that I've ever seen. Um, in, in my opinion, not just the front line, uh, you know, that was the year that, uh, I think bird was, uh, had won his third straight MVP and Kevin McHale was virtually unstoppable on offense. I think, you know, I, I always loved McHale growing up. I feel like, you know, uh, he, he still doesn't get the credit that he deserves. Um, when folks talk about the best power forwards of all time and things like that. And then you add, you know, someone like Parrish into the mix and, you know, Walton who had just, uh, you know, obviously was a, was an unbelievable player, uh, some unfortunate years with uh, just injury after injury, but that 86 year where they were able to uh, have him come in off the bench and play um, smaller minutes. Um, yeah, to me, that team was just, uh, 
was just as good as I had ever seen. And then you had guys like Danny Ainge and Dennis Johnson who were, you know, great players in their own respect, but, you know, probably even more than that were just, uh, you know, tremendous fits for, uh, for that specific team. They, they really were. And a couple things on that is like the most amazing thing about Walton and like the numbers don't, don't show it. I think he's listed as a player at like six foot 11, 210 pounds. But when you look at him, you know, you watch him on video. I swear he's so much bigger than that. And he's so much stronger than that. And his ability that year, not only to stay healthy, but like his biggest strength was as a passer. He just fit in so well with that group that year. And it was such a great season for them. He, he really did. And, and you're exactly right. I mean, I've, I've stood next to him, you know, at games I've attended now where he's been sort of announcing and whatnot. And, and you're exactly right. I mean, he looks every bit of seven foot three when you, when you see him in person, even today. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and you're exactly, I mean, with the way, you know, of course, you know, everyone knows how great of a passer bird was, but you know, then you add Walton to that. And, you know, Mikhail of course had a bit of a reputation as being a black hole, but, yep. um, but, but nonetheless, he was able to, you know, he was a pretty good passer as well. So was Parrish. And so, you know, to me, that team, um, you know, I just uh, think if you if you watch that team, you know, game after game, it, it would be uh, very difficult not to fall in love with the game of basketball because of the way they moved the ball and played together and played off of each other. And yeah, I could not agree more about what Walton brought to uh, what Walton brought to that group. And then I, I want to touch on a few things. First of all, with Kevin Freeman, this is this is something that I always give him a hard time about. Yes, th- these are all of his favorite teams. He loves the Lakers. He loves the Cowboys. He loves the New York Yankees. And in college, he loves Duke basketball. So you know he has he has all of his bases covered there. But going back to basketball, I want I have a question. It's like. So you have that type of team play that was really played in basketball from the beginnings to, uh, you know, through the 90s. And what would you say are like the major? Because I think it's like there has to be rule changes. Like the style of basketball has changed so much since then, even at the high school levels, you see it like what caused that change from more of a like a team half court set to what we're seeing today? Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a great question. And and, and first of all, on the, on the Freeman front, uh, (laughs) I I joke a bit because uh, he and I really have become uh, very good friends, which is extremely ironic because uh, he's a Yankees fan. And of course I'm a Boston guy. So you know what that means. And Lakers um, Celtics. yeah, exactly. Lakers Celtics. And so, um, and of course, you know, the Cowboys, either you love them or you can't stand them. And mm-hmm. so, um, so, so yeah, in spite of all of that, we, uh, we remain good friends, but, um, you know, it, it's interesting. I mean, I think sort of one of the easy answers is the, uh, the three point shot and, you know, the, the way that, um, folks have fallen in love with that shot and, you know, I think sometimes for the right reasons, um, and I think sometimes for the wrong reasons, I think, you know, when you think about, you know, just the math of it and you say, okay, well, if you, you know, if you get, if you shoot a little bit lower percentage as a three point shooter, um, and you know, you're getting longer rebounds. So, you got a better chance to get some offensive rebounds and um, that, you know, it makes some sense from that perspective. Um, But then, you know, I think you look at it and I, by the way, Sean, I've always said uh, over the years that I I was never going to be the, the bitter sounding old guy as a coach, but yet here I go uh, Mm -hmm. more and more. Um, You know, I think every time you have an open gym, which by the way, we've got going on right now. So uh, you're, sneakers squeaking behind me. That's, uh, that's what that is. But, um, or every time you drive by a park, it's like, you know, every kid at, you know, uh, you know, third grade on up is just chucking up three pointers. And, uh, you know, from, from my perspective, that's where it's, um, you know, not as good for the game because I think you get, um, in, in a lot of cases you get kids that are, you know, 
seventh, eighth grade, ninth grade, where, you know, even where um, they almost have to learn to shoot the ball correctly because, you know, at the younger ages, they've got to, you know, push it from their chest and, you know, uh, just, just to reach. And so um, I think the three point shot certainly has, um, you know, something to do with it without question. Um, I, I think, um, you know, and, and it's uh, uh, a little disappointing uh, for me because I, I feel like uh, when I was heavily involved with AAU, um, you know, worked with uh, some, some great AAU coaches uh, and co- ultimately college coaches up in the New England area where we had a tremendous tradition, you know, folks like um, Leo Papil and Jack McMahon on the boys side that are pretty well known around the country and uh, Paul Mahoney on the girls side, um, you know, similar. And so, you know, in those early days of AAU, I, I you know, really felt like, um, you know, it was, um, you know, it was about the kids and it was about getting the kids better. And, you know, you had, you know, sort of fewer programs and it was less watered down and you know as you went on you saw that sort of uh, you know as society evolved every um you know every other parent would start up an aau team and Mm -hmm. so you know i i do feel like you've seen um a bit of degradation in you know some of the coaching um you know and some of the teaching of the game and you know, you don't see a lot of kids with, um, you know, uh, post-up skills and, um, you know, even even triple threat skills sometimes you don't see, um, you know, uh, coming along being taught. And it's a little bit more about, um, you know, just uh, at times with certainly with some programs, I think it's a little bit more about, you know, just grabbing as much talent as you can and rolling the balls out there. And so mm-hmm. a little bit less of the, you know, um, skill work and the fundamental development and, and things of that sort. Okay. So, you know, at the end of the day, the, to me with this podcast, a lot of it, I like to talk about coaching and, and the reasons behind a lot of things and, and some of, you know, my own issues. How do you reconcile how you learned basketball and when you were a young coach and the coaches that you looked up to coached a certain way and had a certain philosophy, how does, how do you reconcile that and those philosophies while coaching in today's basketball? Yeah, it's interesting, right? Because, you know, you you do have to evolve with, uh, you Mm -hmm. do have to evolve with the times. um, But uh, certainly, um, I've, I've been known to be stubborn and old school in, in certain areas. And, uh, so I'm, I'm still a believer that, uh, uh, in a lot of the old school ways of the game. Um, and so, um, you know, I've tried to sort of, you know, from my perspective, I've tried, I've really tried to, you know, balance those things, you know, we'll certainly shoot a lot of three pointers and whatnot. Um, and obviously, you know, back, uh, at least back in my playing days, they were, you know, it was relatively newer to the game and things like that. Um, but, um, uh, you know, it, it's, it's really a balance, you know, I think, uh, my, my, uh, mentors and the guys that I've looked to and sort of, um, you know, taking my approach in the game from, um, you know, certainly, of course, there's always, you know, I think for most kids, you know, along the way, there's either a middle school or a high school coach. And certainly, uh, you know, certainly I had, I had that, um, you know, spent quite a bit of time with uh, coach Rick Barnes way back in the day. And so he, he's at uh, Tennessee now, of course, and um, has had a tremendous career. And, um, you know, frankly, he's a, he's a great, to me, he's a great example of that, of, you know, someone who's been coaching the game for a long time and has, you know, really done a good job of, you know, he, he still likes some of the old school stuff, but, uh, but he's certainly evolved with the times. Um, you know, you, you can't help, but, um, you know, being, uh, you know, being a Carolina kid, um, you can't help but, you know, have fallen in love with Dean Smith. I'm a bit of an anomaly in, in the Carolinas in that uh, I, I just always had such a, an appreciation for all of the programs there. I, you know, I, I was a big fan of, uh, you know, 
you know, Jim Valvano and I loved his spirit and what he brought to the game. And, um, you know, of course, you know, it's hard not to admire um, Coach Krzyzewski and, um, of course, Dean Smith and, you know, Roy Williams. And um, so, of course, that does make you an anomaly because you sort of have to pick mm-hmm. a side or you're a turncoat there. But, um, but, but I really, you know, felt like as someone who just loved the game, I was able to, um, uh, able to draw things from all of those, uh, coaches. And, you know, I was fortunate through a lot of my AAU days. Um, a number of my players got recruited by some of those guys over the years. And, um, so got the chance to know, you know, Roy Williams and some of those guys and, you know, pick their brains. And, um, so uh, I'm, I've always been a big believer that there's, there's a number of different ways to go about stuff. And so I've sort of, you know, picked little things from here or there, as opposed to, okay, you know, I'm just a Krzyzewski guy, like, Mm -hmm. uh, like Freeman maybe or something, or, Mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, along, along those lines. Right. And, um, so, Coming down here, having a place down here, but really not being plugged into the schools and and the sports. What were your impressions? You know, when you were just coming down here on the weekends, what were your impressions of the high schools and the different high school sports? Because I'm sure you were reading the Citizen or you were talking to people. But before you got into the system, what did you think about what we had down here? Yeah. You know, I, I always, um, I was always enamored and impressed with, um, particularly basketball because, um, you know, there's such a rich history down here. You know, I think, Mm -hmm. um, you know, in many cases, I mean, Coral Shores was, you know, going back a number of years, um, you know, and we had some down years, but, you know, certainly, you know, Key West, when you think of a school, you know, down at the uh, end of the island chain, having won a state title, state like Florida, that's so great in sports, um, in their tradition, and you know, marathon having so many great teams. Um, you know, I, I certainly always um, admired that. Um, I've always been impressed. Um, again, you know, particularly Key West has always stood out to me mm-hmm. because you just think of them being on. Um, you know, I guess literally, quite literally, the, you know, the, the end of the, um, the, the end of the country there. And, um, so it's, it's not an easy place to develop, um, you know, find and develop great athletes. You would, you, you would think potentially, um, and of course it, you know, uh, coaching down here has its, its advantages and challenges, but, um, you know, that, that was always the big thing to me was just being impressed with, um, you know, some of the athletic history down here, some of the great baseball teams. And, um, I think it was, uh, even, you know, before, uh, before living down here, I think it was what Bronson Arroyo was yes. a pitcher for my Red Sox mm-hmm. for a little bit. And, you know, you see, I used to even way back in the day, I used to love to come sneak down here and go fishing and you'd, uh, um, you know, you'd see they announced the Red Sox pitcher and you know, from Key West, Florida, you know, wow, that's, uh, you know, can't imagine they, you know, develop that, that many athletes of that ilk. But of course, uh, you know, there is that absolute rich tradition and, uh, and, and they do. And, you know, yeah, um, you, you could you could go on for a long time and it's something we like to do on this podcast, you know, like Bronson Arroyo, even even better. And I love to say he grew up on Big Pine and he and he went to Sugarloaf and then he was a part of, of the Key West Baseball League. But, you know, he grew up on Big Pine, which is a, a place that I lived for 16 years and I love. But there's such a rich history, like when you talk about guys that made an impact, you know, like um you have the the baseball team, George Myra's junior year. George Myra was 25 and three. You know, he, he was lights out in the state championship. His teammates were Boog Powell and, <laughs> and Richie Garcia, who some say is the greatest major league baseball umpire of all time. So you have like three true legends on that one team. But, you know, you could go on and on for days when you talk about these great athletes that make Monroe County so great. And at least what I like about it too is that we have been unaffected by 
private schools and charter schools. Like Key West High School is Key West High School. Marathon is yeah. Marathon. Coral Shores is Coral Shores. You know, it's not like when you go to South Florida and some of these schools that were once just greats for 50 years no longer can barely field the team because all those students are leaving to go elsewhere. So we are sort of protected here from with our traditions. Yeah, I, I agree completely to a large extent, although I would counter just a bit. Um, you know, we're we're far enough north here. You guys um, are. Yeah, at yeah. Coral Shores where, you know, we do have, uh, you know, folks after our players um, in different sports. Um, you know, I mean, my own daughter, Brooke, has been, you know, uh, you know, had some of the schools in Miami trying to convince her to come up and play volleyball up there and, and things like that. And, you know, we've had some of our, uh, some of our players on the, the hoops team and the football team, certainly, and I'm sure many others, but uh, you know, it, it is a, it's a tough place to leave number one. Um, and it is, you know uh, uh, it is certainly a, a long commute for folks to go do that. Um, but uh, I would say we're a little bit less, you know, immune to it than, um, than, than the, the schools further down. But, uh, but by and large, could, I, I couldn't agree more with you. And absolutely. And I think a lot of our listeners don't understand the extent of this. And, and you could probably speak on this. It's not uncommon if you are playing in South Florida, Dade Broward, Palm Beach, that Coaches from other teams are going to contact you through social media or face to face or at camps and just encourage you to leave your current school and come to theirs. So you have students in South Florida who are going to four different high schools in four different years. No, no, no question, Sean. And I'll, I'll take it a step further. I mean, we, uh, you know, we pride ourselves on, you know, a lot of folks will say that, hey, we, you know, we play anybody or whatnot, but we, we really try to, you know, if we feel confident in our group, we really try to step up our level of competition. Um, the boys, we played uh, LaSalle uh, Thursday night. And uh, a great example of that is, um, you know, one of their guards happens to be, and I emphasize guards, uh, he's listed as a guard, but mm. um, is a 6'9 is a uh, kid that they brought over from Estonia. Um, so, uh, to your point, yes, they're, you know, uh, these kids could shuffle around schools locally, but, um, you know, South Florida is a destination yeah. and, you know, we have, uh, tremendous, uh, athletic programs, obviously all throughout the state. And, uh, you know, to your point, it's not uncommon for kids to move around even, uh, um, even more broadly and internationally. And we see that a lot. And that, that's something that, that in general, I'm sure a lot of, uh, of our older listeners can remember. Did you ever hear about like the situation in the seventies at Miami Jackson high school with the Jackson five, including, yes. yeah. So you had like, they had four starters from the Bahamas and one they found out was like a 22 year old policeman at the time. And all of the dudes, including Michael Thompson, who ended up playing in the NBA. And I think my Michael Thompson's brother was on the team. You know, they had this incredible season at Miami Jackson and they ended up finding out after they win the state championship that like the median age of the team is 21 or something like that, you know, (laughs) but, but yeah, it's great. And, um, of course, you know, in Miami, you have Shaky Rodriguez, who was the longtime coach at Miami High, and he was one of the first guys to bring players from other countries, you know, like in the 80s and the 90s. He was bringing 6'10 players in. And there's just something about basketball that lends to that coach. And I think it's because you only sometimes you just need one or two really good players and you're going to be great. So it lends itself to that. Basketball does. No, no question, you know, and, and your point is one that I, you know, emphasize to our players all the time, you know, we're, um, you know, because it's easy, especially for, you know, well, for anybody to get caught up a little bit in, uh, hey, the, uh, you know, these guys weren't very good last year. And, um, you know, un- unlike football or some other sports where you really need, mm-hmm. you know, a number of guys to have a, an impactful change to your point, you bring in, you know, one really, really good guy and put a few athletes around them and it's a difference. And then if you bring in two, well, n- you know, now it's something, you know, now it's something altogether different. And, 
Um, to your point, I mean, we see that, you know, time and again down here with, uh, you know, particularly some of the, um, you know, particularly some of the private schools that we play up in Miami, but um, even some of the public. You know, it's, it's such a great opportunity for all of our basketball players, you know, because if you're going to play basketball in high school in the Florida Keys, you're going to be going up against a lot of these private schools and you're going to end up playing against NBA players, kids or great players from Estonia. You know, you're going to get this opportunity. I just remember when my oldest son went through just the number like, you know, like we saw Scotty Pippen. There was I can't even remember all the players. Ray Allen was at our games before because his son was playing. It's just a unique opportunity to really test your medal against some of the best players in the country. So it's a great opportunity for our players. But let me ask you this. You know, uh, how many years have you been the head coach at Coral Shores? So, uh, six years, um, and you know, it's, it was sort of an interesting, um, sort of an interesting start uh, and mentioned a little bit about, you know, when we first came to the keys and, you know, uh, uh, my daughter's enrolled in, um, you know, elementary slash middle school, I think at the time or low level middle school at Island Christian. And, um, they, uh, uh, that was the first year of my non-compete. And so I was doing, uh, with work and, and so I was, uh, you know, I was excited because previously I had traveled so much with work that, you know, I missed a lot of my daughter's, uh, you know, different events, you know, dance things and, you know, but they were, they were young. And so I, I was really excited to, uh, be able to participate in, in more of that stuff. Um, but you know, I also didn't know what the heck I was going to do. I knew I I wasn't the type of person who, um, you know, would be able to, I love to fish, but you know, there's only so much you can fish every day and, uh, even for me and, and things like that. And so, um, at ICS, uh, when my girls were there, um, a, a lady by the name of Katie Loy was the athletic director at the time. And she, uh, she grabbed me one day and she said, Hey, I had heard that you used to coach basketball. And, you know, um, and so I, you know, told her, yeah, that was true. And she said, Hey, we're her and uh, Tony Hammonds at the time said, Hey, we're, you know, we, we have a boys program that, you know, has been really, you know, down on its luck and we've got to replace the coach. Um, you know, um, a lot of the kids, you know, are losing interest in basketball and we haven't really won any games in a bunch of years. And, and she said, you know, I know it may not sound that enticing, but, you know, would, would you be interested? And I said, you know, what the heck? And, you know, so then she sort of kind of kept selling me. And I think she figured I was uh, going to be a harder sell than that. And she said, uh, you know, well, you could shape your schedule. You don't have to play all your teams in the district. And, uh, you know, you can uh, And that, of course, at that, that time you were supposed to play all your teams in your district, but you know, Island Christian was in a district at that time with, uh, um, with Miami, uh, uh, with Miami Christian, who was loaded. They mm-hmm. had the, um, the kid that went to South Carolina, um, and, uh, another D one kid and, uh, you know, uh, the Westwood Christian had the, um, uh, the kid that went to Purdue. And I think they had two kids that, um, you know, sort of talking about kids that come from abroad that, um, that, that were from, um, Africa. And I think the kid from Mm -hmm. Miami Christian was from, uh, was from Latin America somewhere, South America somewhere. Um, but anyway, long story long, I, uh, you know, I said, you know what, we'll, we'll play, we'll play who's in our conference and, um, in our district and, um, you know, I'll be happy to do it. I'm excited to do it and sort of, uh, get back into coaching. And, um, you know, it sounds like the, sounds like the boys, uh, you know, could, could, could use some help and whatnot. And, um, you know, what a, just, a, a, a tremendous group of kids, you know, which really helped, um, you know, it didn't take much to reinvigorate me. I had certainly missed it. Um, but, uh, you know, they were just, uh, um, literally, you know, they were just starving for, um, you know, help on what to do and some plays and some structure and, so I, I remember it like it was yesterday where um, we had a, a preseason tournament and it was up in um, it was up in uh, uh, Dade somewhere up in Homestead. And uh, 
Katie came into the gym, the athletic director, and, um, you know, we had all our parents there supporting and she came in at halftime and I was talking to the boys and, um, and she said, wait a minute, you know, I thought we were, I, I thought we were the guest team. Why do they have the scoreboard wrong? Because we were winning by 21 <laughs> and the boys were just, you know, they were just so ecstatic and, it, you know, it was so much fun. They, you know, and I think, um, I think it was an 11 win season or whatnot that they ended up having. And, um, you know, I mean, obviously we took some lumps. I think, uh, we did hold, uh, Miami Christian under a hundred. Um, although they, they did, um, they did press us, uh, for 32 minutes. Um, they did press us for 32 minutes, but, uh, we, we were one of the teams, uh, and there weren't a ton of them, but we were one of the teams that held them under a hundred that year. Um, and so we were, uh, but it, it was a lot of fun. We were very proud of, of that season. Um, and it was, it was neat because you talk about the history and the keys and, you know, of course we all know how supportive the community can be. And, you know, it was, it was funny because, you know, we created a little bit of buzz, you know, we had a couple of the boys that weren't going to play that decided to come back. And, you know, next thing you know, you know, that little gym over at ICS was, you know, it was, it was packed, you know, for, for our home games. And, um, you know, uh, it, it was, it, it just became a lot of, a lot of fun. And, um, of course the girls teams were, were pretty good back then. Um, but all of a sudden, you know, the boys were on the map a little bit and, um, you know, that was when coach Russell's daughter who played on the girls team there. And I got to know coach Russell a little bit. And he, you know, said to me, he said, Hey, you know, um, after the season, he just said, Hey, you know, I, I, I'm a big supporter of ICS. So I remember him saying it vividly. He said, you know, so I, uh, you know, I want to be careful how I say this, but he said, you know, what, what can we do to get you, uh, to get you over to Coral Shores? And so, um, I said, uh, I apologize, Sean, I've got a lawnmower here behind me. real life. Uh, <laughs> So right now, just to catch everybody up, we're talking about Coach Mandozzi's uh, move from Island Christian School to Coral Shores. He was coaching at Island Christian School, and he turned that program around. And then um, Coach Russell, who you've heard on our pad- podcast before, the longtime athletic director at Coral Shores, approached him. And uh, what did he say, Coach? So, you know, we, we just started talking. I mean, he, you know, I, I could sort of see that, um, you know, that the handwriting was kind of on the wall at ICS, mm-hmm. unfortunately, because we were, we were huge supporters there and, um, loved what they were doing, but it, you know, it was, it was, of course it's, it wasn't easy to, I'm sure it wasn't easy to, um, you know, have, um, all of the, administrative burden and all of the things that come with, um, being, you know, a, a, a private, um, Christian school here in the keys. And so you know, I could sort of see that there was, um, a bit of a handwriting on the wall that, you know, the school may not be around for long. Um, and so, and of course, you know, I was, uh, excited by the opportunity to, um, you know, to go work, at, uh, with, with some of the kids at Coral Shores and, um, and, and sort of, you know, take, take that step, step to the next level, which of course, um, I had, you know, been at many, many times before. Um, and so, you know, he, he just sort of said, Hey, you know, what do we got to do? And I said, you know, let's, let's, uh, let, let's make it happen. And so, um, that was of course, um, that was in sort of the, um, you know, that was at a point where basketball was pretty good in the Florida Keys. You know, mm-hmm. we had um, we had a pretty solid group coming back. We weren't the deepest group, um, but we had uh, a class with uh, Elijah Woods and Connor Ryan and Tim Orr and mm-hmm. some, um, you know, some decent sized um, um uh, some decent sized kids on the front line. And Elijah was a great point guard for us. 
Um, and of course, you know, marathon, Kevin had, uh, including your son, he had a, a pretty good, uh, pretty darn group there. Yeah. And- Jackson, Jamal, Steven, you know, there was a lot of trace Goodwin, like going back that, that long ago, marathon had a lot of really good players for coach Kevin Freeman. Yeah. And, you know, Key West had, uh, Key West had some great players and, um, so, you know, so it was, it was exciting and, you know, coming into Coral Shores, um, you know, the, the, you know, first things first, it was, it's how, you know, how do we, how do we get the most that we can out of, uh, out of, out of that year's group? Uh, but then, you know, really wanted to put an emphasis on, um, building the depth of our program and, you know, getting down to, um, you know, the JV level and, you know, even, even beyond so that, um, you know, we, we, we could have a deeper group. I mean, we, we just weren't very deep that year. Um, and, you know, as, as you talked about one of the, you know, one of the great things about the keys is, you know, maybe we're not getting kids, uh, stolen as easily or, or having to move on as easily. Um, but, you know, then you also have the challenge of, um, you know, it is, it is cyclical. And so, you know, we sort of, uh, you know, we also don't have a bunch of kids transferring in unless they move into town and things like that. And so, um, there is an element of, you sort of get what's coming up with, uh, in the, in the school system, but then of course, um, you can, you know, you can help kids develop and grow. Um, and, you know, I've always been a big proponent of, um, you know, if, if it's a, if it's a game against a, um, team that may not be as strong or whatnot, of course, as we talked about, you don't always know, but, you know, bringing a few guys up from the JV team or going a little bit deeper into the bench so that some of those guys can get, um, you know, some, uh, some varsity experience. We had, you know, our, our first couple of games, the teams we played weren't that strong. And so, you know, some of our, um, you know, some of our core guys, you know, played eight, 10, 12 minutes, and it was a great opportunity for us to, um, I think our, our, uh, JV center who sort of swings between varsity and JV here and there, I think he was able to get a good 15 minutes or something in that game. And so, um, it's an example of, you know, some of the things we've tried to do to make sure that we're building the depth in the, um, in the program so that every year is not a rebuilding year. Um, and that second year at Coral Shores, um, was certainly that it was certainly a rebuilding year because of course you can't, um, you know, you can't do that overnight. And so we, um, we lost, uh, Elijah Woods grads graduated, Connor Ryan graduated. Um, and we really, that year, um, we ended up going with, um, three, three or four guys that were sophomores that were sort of, uh, form, formed our backcourt, um, one or two guys that were freshmen that, um, that, that were, a part of our backcourt and front court. And, uh, you know, of course you always have a few seniors and whatnot. We did have, uh, Tim Moore returning to that group and we had Robbie Prosek. So we had some size. Both of those guys were, mm-hmm. you know, six, four, six, five Robbie's a uh, member of the UM football team now still. And, um, so we had a little bit of size, but we didn't have much experience at guard. And, um, so, you know, now we find ourselves, you know, the next year, the year after where we took some of those lumps and, um, again, worked hard to try to develop some, uh, develop some of that depth so that, um, you know, we could sort of pass the baton, if you will, a little bit more easily than, um, you know, some of the years. And of course, sometimes you just can't help it, but where some of the years where you just lose a whole bunch of kids and you got somebody who has, you know, no experience with the speed or physicality, um, or intensity of a varsity basketball game. Right. But the importance is like, as I don't know, at least about you, but for me, you know, those were things that I realized as I got older, as a coach, the importance of everybody getting playing time whenever you can give it because that playing time is so special especially down here because a lot of at least at marathon and key west a lot of our kids are not involved in aau so the more you could get the younger guys bought into the system and get them real-time game experience is definitely going 
to pay dividends in the future because you can't rely on one or two kids to do everything because we just don't have those types of players. So you have to have a system and you have to have everybody contribute to that system. You're exactly right, Sean. And you, uh, you hit the nail on the head of, uh, you know, sort of one of the biggest things that I always try to, you know, emphasize with our kids. And, you know, one of our biggest challenges down here is our, our kids just don't play enough basketball. Uh, they just really don't. And when you think about it, um, you know, as we talked earlier a little bit about how AU has, you know, I think become watered down compared to, um, you know, the days where I was heavily involved with it. Um, and, you know, to the point where, um, you know, as I tell our guys all the time, you know, literally most of the teams that we play, um, you know, once we, once we leave the keys, um, have, have five kids that play some level of AAU or club ball and are mm-hmm. playing basketball year round. And, you know, that's where the watered downness, if you will, um, I think you could tell I'm not an English teacher. I don't know if that's a word, but, uh, things getting watered down like that, that's where it can become a good thing because, you know, there is a every, you know, there's a level for every kid to play off season basketball. If they, you know, if they have the means to, and the want to, and, you know, when you, when you go to school in Miami and live in Miami, it's, it's a lot easier to drive 10 minutes right. or and 15 it, minutes to mm-hmm. do that. And it's one thing, it's one thing to tell the kid like down here, oh, why aren't you at the park shooting and practicing? You know why? Because that's not fun and it's hot outside. Now, if you're in Miami, you're going to, the coaching you might receive is, it is probably going to be subpar, but you're going to have organized games. And in in a lot of sports, the more you play, the better you become. So those guys have the opportunity to just play in real organized games that are sort of ran somewhat efficiently. We're talking about AAU. Um, I think, and let me get your thoughts on this. What we need to move towards within our county is we need to move to maybe working with the parks or something like that and getting your guys to come down to marathon, you know, twice a week in the summer and maybe, and we go up and then maybe we just, it doesn't have to be Coral Shores Marathon. We could pick the teams with everybody on separate teams and play, but giving them organized games to play in the off season. Okay. Yeah, Sean, I, I think you you hit the nail um, uh, right on the head yet again. Um, you know, one of the things I've always said is, you know, the upper keys and middle keys could so desperately use even a rec center, right? Where, um, you know, I think down in Key West, they have a little bit more mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, that even that type of opportunity, right? But um, you know, and, and even outside of developing our basketball players, just giving our kids something to do. Um, as you said, it's hot outside. And, you know, I mean, I remember when we first moved to the Keys, you know, they had, you know, at least the bowling alley in Isla Mirada. And, you know, so, you know, basketball aside, you know, we could so tremendously use, um, I, I think, you know, something like a rec center, but from a basketball perspective, absolutely. You know, when we try to, um, we try to have open gyms. I mean, we played three games this week. Of course the guys are beat up and whatnot, but I'm still up here, you know, having opened the gym on Saturday morning for any guys that wanted to get in and just shoot basketballs or, um, or get in the training room. Um, you know, one, because it helps our basketball team, of course, but, um, but, but also again, I'm a, I'm a big proponent of, um, you know, if, if, if they're in the gym, then they're, they're not on video games or, um, or, or doing God knows what else. Um, you know, of course they, most days they could be out fishing or diving or whatnot. It's a little windy today, but um, so um, I, I agree doing something like that where we get, you know, some of our kids from the different schools and uh, you know, and, and let them play ball. It would be, it would be tremendous because, you know, the other side of it is, 
um, there is so much to do down here. And so if, if, you know, if Kevin's trying to just do his open gyms here and there, or I'm just trying to open a gym here or there, um, one of the other challenges is unfortunately a lot of times you can't even get 10 guys mm-hmm. together. And so, um, you know, it gets back to what you said. Um, they're just not having a chance to play enough. Right. So let me ask you this. And, and I know I've, we've gone on longer than I promised you that we would, but I, I no sort worries. of want to, want to wrap up with this. Um, I know, you know, obviously this is the keys weekly sports sports rap podcast and we really want to talk about florida keys sports and what was it like for you like coming down here and this is the thing that always blew me away you know because i i came here i grew up in miami and i came down here in 1997 but you come here as a basketball coach you know like your first time you're at coral shores and you go play in that environment in key west or key west comes up or you go down to marathon what what was the what were those experiences like yeah i mean just tremendous right and you know those were certainly um at the top of the list of some of the the things that uh uh you know that i missed about coaching in general, right? Because of course, you know, every area has their, uh, rivalries, um, and, and different things. But to your point, um, it is that much more special when you're, you know, you know, literally surrounded by water and, you know, you're, um, this unique group of islands. And so, um, you know, it it was, uh, frankly, it was everything I expected it to be. Um, and you know, I, I always try to impress upon our, uh, our teams to, to really enjoy and embrace, um, that because, you know, to me, those are, those are the things that, um, you know, that, that they're really going to look back on and come to appreciate how special, um, it, it is when you, you know, when, when they look back, like, like we do, where, you know, you head into, um, you know, our gym. I mean, I remember the first, the first year here, um, we don't, uh, you know, we didn't historically, um, have to open up both sides of our bleachers very often. And, mm-hmm. you know, all of a sudden, you know, Key West is coming to town. Um, and I, and ironically, many of our opponents in Miami are closer than Key West, but, um, folks from Key West aren't going to miss that game. Right. So they're going to make the, they're going to make the 90 mile drive to get up here. And so, you know, now all of a sudden we've got both sides of our uh, bleachers open and the same thing against marathon. And um, you know, the one, the one thing that was, um, you know, disappointing to me was when, you know, one year we weren't able to play the marathon game for, you know, various reasons and whatnot. And so, you know, that, um, that, you know, that, that was something we missed, but, um, you know, and, and, uh, but, but you look at it and, you know, I always try to tell the guys, these are rivalry games and, you know, some years, you know, we're going to be up some years. We're not going to be up some years, you know, marathon's going to be up and Key West is going to be up. That stuff is sort of cyclical, Mm -hmm. but, uh, but it really is true. I mean, we've, we've all been around sports long enough these rivalry games, anything, uh, can, can happen. And so you've got to, you know, you've got to come to play and, um, the crowds are going to be awesome. Um, you know, the, uh, um, you know, the coaches are going to get hot under the collar. I think, you know, over the years, I know as, as good of friends as uh, Kevin and I are, I'm, I'm sure we've barked at each other on the sidelines a time or two. And, um, it's just, it's just a different level. It really is. Well, this is indeed a very special place that we all live in down here in Monroe County. And when you get all those schools together and playing, it's definitely a special, special time. And just like you said, you know, all, all of, of my thoughts, you know, in my coaching career, that always goes back to marathon versus Key West marathon versus Coral Shores. And when I talk to my son, it's usually the same. It's not really like marathon versus one of the summer sets. You know, not to say anything bad about them, but those are the rivals and you, 
you're sort of doing it, man. You're getting some some big wins in these rivalry games and you're putting a squad together. And I just want to wish you the very best as this season, which has just started, goes great for you. And like um, like I'm going to say like what Ed Holly said to me, he said, I will be rooting for you every single game this year except for two. So I'm going to pass that over to you. I'll be rooting for Coral Shores basketball every single game this year except for two. And and I hope you have a fantastic season. And thank you for coming on the podcast today. Well, Sean, we we very much appreciate it. And I would say, you know, we're we're excited. And uh, you've got some doozies, I think, this year to root for us. I mean, we're, uh, you know, we're going to head up to Orlando and play in a holiday tournament. We actually have... Uh, five out of state teams on our schedule this year, which, um, you know, for Coral Shores, that's uh, I I, got to imagine that that's a a first certainly for us. And so um, we've got a, we've got a great group and, uh, and we're, you know, we're, we're stepping our schedule up certainly. And so we, we appreciate you pulling for us in, in all of those games, other than the two that I know uh, that I know who you'll be pulling for. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, once again, thank you for coming on and we'll touch base as the season goes on and and we'll talk more about the nuts and bolts of your seasons, both because you are an assistant for the girls, too, and how those seasons are going. But um, from all of us here at the podcast, thank you for coming on and have a great day, sir. Thanks very much, Sean. Take care. All right. Bye bye. I hope everybody enjoyed the podcast today with Coach uh, Mandozi from Coral Shores High School. We're going to have him come back to the podcast during the season. Uh, Same with Key West High School. Same with Marathon. I want to get all the news out there about prep basketball for everybody. So every Thursday, please go to keysweekly.com and check out the new podcast. Uh, Thanks for listening and have a great day.